Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hope. My name is Rick, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Church. If you have not logged into the chat yet, please do so, and say hello to a few people, and tell us where you're worshiping from. If you have any questions during our worship time, let one of our chat hosts know. They'll be happy to assist you. And if this is your first time joining us, a special welcome to you. We have guests joining us every week. Now, while you're visiting the platform, please use the tabs at the top of the screen to learn more about Hope. You can also fill out an info card to update your information, or you can give us your information for the very first time. Now, today is the third week in our series we're calling Forget You, as we continue to focus less on me or less on you and more on Jesus. Again, welcome, and thank you for allowing us to join you in worship today. Hey, welcome to Hope Church Online. It is a blessing to be drawn together to worship God. We believe God brings all people together, and that's why we sing. I invite you to worship wherever you are. Sing with us. Join us. People come together and strangers neighbors our blood is one that's right children of generations of every nation of kingdom come so don't let your heart be troubled hold your head up high don't feel no evil Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. We go.
promises us that the presence of God dwells on the praise of God's people. We know where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. We sing this today, and we believe it. Sing, swing wide with us. Swing wide, all you heavens. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. We believe it together. Swing wide, all you have us. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything we read, repeat the sound. All his children. Heavy in all my days. Yes, I 
Coming after me. Snow wall, you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Coming after me. Snow shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. Snow wall, you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Coming after me. That's right. creation you are good you are present you're a God who speaks and creates and who is drawing all things together so today we give you thanks that even though we feel apart we can find a community here we give you thanks when we feel like we are lost like that one sheep 
Your love is so reckless that you would leave the 99 to draw us back in. God, as in this season, we try to pull ourselves back so that people can see Jesus more. Would you reach out to those in our community, maybe it's us wherever we're sitting, who feels like that lost sheep? God, today we proclaim your reckless love and that you chase after us and you still have great plans for us. But God, it isn't in our power that we can do it. Forgive me for all those times that I try to force it and get my way. I pray that today, this week, and this season, we could all open our hands and give control to you and humbly seek your way and your will and your love first. We know this is possible, God, because you literally loved us to death. And we look forward to the third day where there is new life and you're making all things new. We're grateful that one of the ways we can experience this is a prayer that you taught us many, 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 many years ago. And so today we join our spirits and our voices, not just in our pod or at our watch party or uh, maybe alone in our room, but we join our voices with a cloud of witnesses, with a community of saints who's been praying this prayer for thousands and thousands of years. We remember you're with us. We're not alone. We are loved as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, God, as it is in heaven. Give us this day, today, our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me.
Thank you so much, band. Wasn't that awesome? And a special uh, thanks to our worship leader this morning, Eric Drew. Eric is the director of Next Gen Ministries for all of the United Methodist Churches of the New Jersey area. So Eric, thanks once again for being a part of our worship this morning. You know, as good as they sound, and they sounded amazing, and as great as they look, very good looking group of people, none of that would make any difference if you couldn't hear and see them. And the only reason you're able to hear and see them is because of another amazing group of people who are in this room who make all of this happen, and that's our tech team. You know, we've been growing in that area, so we wanted to show you what's going on in the area of technology here at Hope. And as you're listening and watching this video, I want you to be asking yourself the question, is this an area of ministry that God could use me? Because we could certainly use you. So take a look at this video. I'm the director of Worship Arts. We have missed you being in this room during worship on Sunday mornings, but we have been so excited that we have been able to join you in your living rooms to worship online. While you've been away physically, we have been making some improvements in this room. Hopefully you have seen some of them over the last couple months. We've been redoing the stage, but the biggest redo you haven't been able to see because it's our tech booth. Hopefully you've heard some of the differences over the last month or so, but I want to take you for a little tour of our new tech booth and introduce you to our tech staff, and they have some things that they would like to share with you. Welcome to our brand new tech booth. This is where the magic happens that allows you to see our worship services on Sunday morning. First at this first station is Reagan. She is our visual tech coordinator, and this is where the camera operator sits, which is all kind of a scary looking position. We'll talk about this in just a minute. Next to Reagan is Meredith Nealon. She's sitting behind the computer. This allows you to see the lyrics on your screen on Sunday morning. And then all the way back there is Frank. He is behind the audio tech board. This is one of two audio stations that allows you to hear everything that you hear on Sunday. Hi, my name is Reagan Germain. I'm the visual tech coordinator here at Hope Church. I am so excited to be here. Uh, part of my position is working alongside our tech directors and working mainly with the cameras and lighting design here. I've been doing work in tech for almost 10 years now. It's been a, a really great time and I'm so excited to be working with you guys. My name is Meredith Neeland and I've been attending Hope since I was six years old, actually the first service that we ever had back in the school days. Um, but I actually started volunteering with computer tech uh, when I was in high school, which was actually when we first started projecting lyrics onto the screen. I mean, can you believe that there was actually a time that we had to read lyrics on a piece of paper? Hi, I'm Frank Apello, and I've been uh, serving here for about 10 years now, whether it's on the audio board or playing in worship. And now my new role here is as tech director which means that uh, I'm supposed to be in charge of the, the two people you may have just met, and I'm not really, they're running the show, and I'm just going, great job. Um, my focus is honestly on the soundboard and running audio and teaching uh, new techs how to run sound, and we'd love to have you as part of our worship team. 
So here we change cameras, we adjust per band member, per band group, and for the pastors as well. So this here moves the cameras. As you can see, it'll move us here. Right here is how we can switch our cameras into different views. Over here, this is how we switch them into program. So this is what the team will see back at home. It's really simple and you have a whole team behind you to help out. You get plenty of practice and everyone is with you every step of the way. So we called ourselves clickers back in the day because it's really as simple as tapping an arrow key. Um, there are a little more complicated things like editing slides, but that's what we as staff are here for, and we're going to train you um, on how to do those things so that you are an expert clicker like the rest of us. We have our live stream broadcast, which is in a separate room. Um, we actually transformed one of the previous offices to a broadcast room, and this board here is our front of house board, which means that um, when people are finally back in the room, this is what they will hear uh, you mixing from. It is not as hard as it looks. Um, all you need is a, well, a, a heart to serve God and maybe a, a little bit of a musical ear. So this is Hope's Tech Ministry. Without the people in this tech booth, you would not be able to hear or see worship on Sunday morning. That's how important this is. The people who serve back here are awesome servants, but they're people just like you. And we are looking for more people to serve in this tech, tech booth ministry. So if you think that working cameras or the, the computer or the audio board would be something that you would like to try, contact Reagan at Meet Hope or Meredith at Meet Hope or Frank at meethope.org, and they would be happy to help train you up and bring you into the, one of the teams in our tech ministry. We hope to see you soon. Hope to see you soon. So as good as that team is, um, they can't make me look any better than I do, but we are so grateful for them. Today's Palm Sunday, where we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. And it's the beginning of Holy Week. And so it's that time where we remember all that happened during that uh, week in Jesus' life, from the uh, Last Supper to his crucifixion on the cross, and then, of course, on Easter Sunday morning when he was resurrected from the dead. Here at Hope, we're in the midst of a series that we're calling Forget You, Less About Us, More About him. And really what we're looking at is how we can make Christ, Jesus, more central in our lives. You know, we talk about this idea of conforming to the image or being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That work of conforming is the inner work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And it's literally a reforming of our character into the character of Christ. It's not about changing our personality. It's not even about changing our behaviors. Although as our character is being reformed, those things will be affected naturally, right? So when I talk about character, what we mean by character is it, it's kind of like the operating system of a computer. 
So the operating of a, a system of a computer is that software that tells everything in the compu computer how it's supposed to work and, and how it functions uh, integrated to the other parts and so forth. That's kind of what the human character is like. It's that system within us, that operating system within us that guides everything that we do, all that we think and how we process, how we speak, how we act and react toward others, our behaviors, all of that is controlled through our character. And that's why it's so vitally important. You know, one of my roles as lead pastor here is to hire staff. And so that was a new thing for me back in the early days and trying to figure out what do I look for when trying to hire staff. And it's, for me, it's come down to four key elements that I'm looking for. One of those elements is competence. Does the person have the skill set to do the things that we need to do? The next one would be um, chemistry. Does the person, the way they act and react and so forth, does it uh, fit with the culture of this place? The next one is courage, because we're a church that is willing to change and to take some risks when we feel that the Spirit is calling us to do that, and so it takes a certain amount of courage uh, to take those kinds of risks, so I look for courage. But as important as all of those things are, the most important is character. Does this person's character show that they are maturing in their faith? Because apart from that, nothing else is gonna matter much. By way of example, you may remember the uh, name Bernie Madoff. Remember Bernie Madoff? So this was the guy who, um, he started the biggest Ponzi scheme in our nation's history. He built billions of dollars from his clients in this huge Ponzi scheme. Now, Bernie Madoff was a guy who was highly competent in, uh, in the financial world. He was a guy who built a big company and people wanted to work there, so there was a chemistry. He was a risk taker, and so, you know, there was courage involved in there. But that whole thing was built on his flawed character. Bernie Madoff was a guy who had dark secrets. He was a guy who had larceny and thievery in his character. And so the whole thing collapsed because of his character. So the Spirit's work within us is reforming our character to make us more and more like Christ. So this morning, I wanna focus on one central aspect of Jesus's character. So there's a number of aspects in our character, but I wanna focus on this one, and I call it a central focus or area of Jesus' character, and that is humility. Humility. The humility of Jesus was certainly on display on that first Palm Sunday, that triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So word had spread throughout the city of Jerusalem that Jesus was going to be coming into the city. People were very excited about Jesus. This was three years into his ministry. He was well known throughout the area. People knew of him. They had either seen him or heard him or watched him. 
um, heard tell of him, and so people were very excited. They were beginning to believe that maybe he was the one who was going to come and deliver them from the Roman government and so forth. So there was a lot of excitement, and people lined the streets of Jerusalem, thousands and thousands of people in expectation of Jesus coming. And so into the city he comes, but not on a great white steed, but on a donkey, on a donkey. It would be like a president having a ticker tape parade in his honor and showing up in a Ford Pinto. It was totally unexpected. It was out of character for what people would have expected from somebody of his prestige. We can see even clearer the character of Jesus and his humility in the Last Supper, the story of the Last Supper that we read about in the Gospel of John. So in this story, uh, Jesus and his disciples have gathered for the Passover meal. And I can just imagine that evening as those disciples are just abuzz about everything that they had seen as they entered into Jerusalem and the crowds and the excitement and the cheers that went on. And so as they're getting ready for this Passover meal, they're just, you know, they're talking about what they saw and what they heard and conversations that they had and so forth. And they were really excited, I'm sure. And then as they sat down for this meal, Jesus got up and he went over to a table, probably in a corner, took off his outer garment, wrapped himself in a towel, and took a pitcher of water and poured it into a basin. This is what John says in the 13th chapter about what took place. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that he had wrapped around him. I want you to just stop for a moment and think about that scene. Jesus is a rock star, right? I mean, when we think of a rock star, that's what Jesus was. Everywhere he went, crowds were around him. People traveled for miles just to see him, to touch him, to hear him. They had just had a ticker tape parade in his honor. Oh, and by the way, he is literally God in human flesh. And now he's washing feet? Are you kidding me? Have you ever done that? Have you ever washed somebody's feet? I'm not talking about a baby or a child. I'm talking about an adult. You know, I've been to some retreats and so forth where foot washing was part of the deal, and um, it it ain't pleasant. (laughs) It's not something that you would necessarily choose to do, right? That's what's going on here. Watching Jesus wash their feet. And if you think that it was lost on folks, Listen to Peter's response to Jesus as Jesus comes to wash his feet. Again, this is in John 13. It says this, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, 
Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Peter couldn't fathom, he couldn't comprehend the humility of Jesus. And implied in what Peter is saying here is, Lord, this act that you are doing is beneath you. You shouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't do it, is implied in this as well. That people who wash feet, Jesus, are beneath you, and really, Jesus, they're beneath me. But the character of Jesus is on display. His humility. And in his instruction, after he had washed their feet, he'd put back on his robe, returned to his place at the table. This is what Jesus said to them. You call me teacher and Lord, and that's who I am. So if I, your teacher and your Lord, would do this for you, you should do this for each other. You know, when I think about Jesus' humility, this is how I would describe it. That Jesus understood that God is superior to all and all are equal to each other. God is superior to all and all are equal to each other. I want to think about that for just a second, right? Jesus recognizing that God is superior. After the final supper, you'll remember they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And there in the garden, Jesus left his disciples and went to pray by himself. And in that prayer, he was pleading with God, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. But then he ended that prayer, remember? But not my will, but yours be done. God is superior to all. There's practical implications for this in our lives, right? My job, my education, my income, my gender doesn't make me superior or inferior to anyone. Your job, your income, none of that makes you inferior or superior to anyone. The Apostle Paul, in reflecting on this new covenant that Jesus brought in and the new realities that come with this new covenant, said this, that because of Jesus, there is no longer slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, we are all one in Christ. 
See, authentic humility is central to Jesus' character. He fully surrendered to God, was fully surrendered to God, and he treated everyone that he met with kindness and compassion and love because he understood that all were equal, all were uh, deserving. You know, the only people that Jesus had issues with during his earthly ministry were people who lacked humility, arrogant people who believed that they knew things that they didn't know, who treated people with disrespect, who had, you know, this sense of being better than others and so forth. Those were the people that Jesus struggled with during his time on earth. So again, as I've reflected on humility, I've come to believe that it is the nucleus of all of the spiritual fruits. In Galatians chapter five, Paul talks about, you know, as the Holy Spirit is working within us, conforming us to the image of Christ and reforming our character, that there are spiritual fruits that are being produced within our lives. And he named a number of them, right? So there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And at the center of each of those fruits is humility. You can't love without humility. You can't really experience joy without humility. Joy, you know, is not happiness. It's this deep sense of well-being regardless of the circumstances. Well, the only way in bad circumstances you can have this sense of well-being is recognizing that God is superior. And so even though it's not the situation you'd want to be in, there's a humility that, God, you are in control. Each of these gifts, when you look at them at the center, at the nucleus of them, is humility. Because I understand that I am worthy of being loved. I am worthy of kindness. I am worthy of patience. Then humility says that everyone else is as well. Everyone is worthy of those same things. As some of you know, I'm kind of a student of leadership. I've been studying leadership for decades now. And one of the seminal books on leadership, I believe, is a book by Jim Collins uh, called Good to Great. And in this book, Collins was looking at what was it about companies that were once, you know, good companies, but then went to this next level to become great companies. And he had a team of researchers working for him. And I love at the beginning of the book how he says, you know, I, sent, I brought them together and I said, I don't want you coming back and telling me that what was behind all of this was leadership, okay? I want you to go deeper than that. And so they did all this research and they came back and they said, it's, it's leadership, it's leadership. And so in this book, he's unpacking this idea and, um, and Collins identifies five levels 
of leadership, level five being the highest level of leadership. And a level five leader of a great company, according to the research they did, had all of the qualities of a level four leader, but then had these last two qualities. Personal humility and professional will. Personal humility. That leaders of truly great companies possess a personal humility. The way I would describe it here at Hope Church and have described it here at Hope Church is we are passionately devoted to the kingdom of God. We take the kingdom of God very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously at all. So authentic humility, let me tell you one thing that it is not. Authentic humility is not about undervaluing what you bring. Oh, I don't have any gifts. Oh, I don't have much to offer. Oh, you know, there, everybody could do this better than me and so forth. That's not humility. Humility is a recognition that God has gifted you, that God has given you talents and ability, and that you get to use them to bless others. And it's a recognition that others have gifts and abilities and talents as well, and you value them. I want to listen as, as we kind of come to the end of this message. I want you to listen to the Apostle Paul writing about this vital character uh, aspect called humility. Paul wrote about this in his letter to the Philippians, the second chapter. Listen to what he said. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. But instead, look out for the interests of others. It is, uh, be humble. Be humble. Seeing others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but look out for the interests of others. Take an interest in them too. You must, you must have the same attitude, the same character that Christ Jesus had. And then he goes on and he talks about the character of Jesus. And he said, being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, to grasp onto, but made himself nothing. He took on human form. It's incomprehensible what he gave up in order to come to earth. And didn't just come as a human being, he came as a servant, washing feet. And then ultimately, he became a sacrifice 
dying on a cross for us, for you and for me. That's the depth of the humility of Jesus. Why? Because he believed that you are worth it. Your life, your salvation matters to him. You know, I thought about my own prayer life with regard to this, and I recognized, you know, that I often pray for God's wisdom. I often pray for God's guidance. I pray for God's direction, for God's blessing. I don't know that I have ever, and if I have, it's very rare, that I have prayed that God would be working humility in my character and just asking God to do that within me. You know, at the end of that part of Philippians chapter 2, when Jesus gave his life on a cross, Paul said, and because he did all of that, God raised him up and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. He did great things, life-changing things, history-changing things through this humble servant. As you ask God, as I ask God to conform my character after Christ and to build humility in me, know that as he does that, he can do spectacular things through you for his kingdom. The band is going to close us out in a song and then I'll come back and pray for us. song we could ever sing you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring you're worthy of every breath we could ever bring we live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
join with me as we pray? Lord, we do put our trust in you alone. You are alone worthy of us building our life on. And Lord, as we place our faith squarely in you, you fill us with your spirit. And your spirit's work within us, conforming us into the image of Christ, that our character would reflect his character. And central to all of that, Lord, genuine, authentic, Christ-like humility that understands, Lord God, that you are superior to all and all are equal to one another. Continue to do a good work in each of us that we might do a good work in the lives of those around us to bring blessing, to bring light, to bring truth as we go through our day through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, as we go through this holy week, reminded of the sacrifice that you made out of a deep humility and how it transformed the world. It changed history. And it's changing us. We give you thanks and praise, glory and honor because you alone are worthy. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Have a great week. Thanks for worshiping online today. A few announcements, though, before you go. First is that Good Friday is this week, April 2nd. So we want to invite you to join us online Friday at one of our four digital Good Friday services at 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. and 8 p.m., all at meethope.live. Second is next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we have several Easter worship opportunities. The first is our parking lot worship, which is at 8 a.m. on Easter Sunday here in Hope's parking lot at 700 Cooper Road. It is an in-person, weather-dependent event, and it will be a simple service similar to a sunrise service. And reservations are required for this, so please register your family at meethope.org forward slash Easter outside. Also, our digital Easter services will be at 9, 1030, and 730, and will be a more Hope Easter worship services similar to what you might expect at Hope at Easter time. And remember, our digital Easter services are the best opportunity to invite a friend, so tell them to join you at meethope.org live for Easter services. We also want to mention that Saturday Morning Live will be beginning after our Easter season. It will be at 10 a.m. every Saturday, but it's beginning April 24th. We had given the, a previous date earlier, but please know that this will begin on April 24. It'll be from 10 to 11 a.m. It'll be a live audience event where you will participate in the recording of our service, and it'll be about an hour long. 
Now, there is a limited number uh, that we can admit into these, this, these, these Saturday events. Reservations will be received the week prior to every Saturday. So watch for more details soon. And at these events, masks and social distancing will be required. And while we will have no kids ministry yet, your kids, if sitting quietly, can sit with families. Now be sure to check out Hope's website, meethope.org, for all of the events I just mentioned where they can be easily accessed and Easter at meethope.org forward slash Easter for more details. And finally, if you haven't yet had the chance to give your financial offering, you can do that now. We believe generosity is a reflection of our heart and of our priorities. And your generosity makes our Easter worship opportunities I just mentioned possible. If you're using our digital platform, you can make a financial offering by clicking the tab in the upper right. And the chat host will also put a give button into the chat right now. Or you can go to meethope.org forward slash give. You can also mail your financial gift to Hope Church at 700 Cooper Road, Voorhees, New Jersey, 08043. Thank you for your generosity to Hope at this time. And now may you all have a great week and we look forward to seeing you very soon.